I want to feel super confident and badass in my role every day. I want to be getting promoted every 12 to 24 months. I want to be making X number salary, right? This is how I want to feel in my job. These are the types of roles that I want to take. I'm never going to meet the stronger version of myself because I keep deluding myself into thinking that she doesn't exist. If I didn't associate my ethics and morality as a human with how much money I wanted to earn, would I want to earn more than I am earning right now? Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Oh my goodness, I'm on a roll of recording multiple podcast episodes, which I rarely do. So just to warn you, I'm in such a flow right now and like really high energy, which I don't know why that's a warning. Like warning, I feel good, <laughs> but I just felt the need to let you know. Um, I am here recording part two of my series on building wealth in your corporate career. This was originally going to be a two-part series, and then part two was just feeling too long for me to fit into one episode. So there's going to be three parts. I'm going to drop a bonus episode later this week with part three. So let me just bring you back to what I covered in part one. Definitely, if you are interested in earning more than you are currently earning in your nine-to-five career, go back and listen to part one. It's super important. I talked about the difference between getting merit increases and raises and like getting these, for the most part, modest bumps in pay versus being on a path to executive leadership where because you're getting into those more senior leadership positions, your salary grows exponentially. And there's this huge conversation out there in the professional development space around like negotiate, ask for the raise, ba da ba. But no one ever talks about how like, yeah, of course, ask for a raise, but make sure you're on a track to management and executive roles because you're going to earn way more being on a track to leadership than you could ever earn asking for a raise at a mid to lower level position, right? So it's sort of like the orders of magnitude get much bigger as you get into executive roles. And it frustrates me how in the conversation around women advancing, there's such an emphasis on like negotiate, ask for more, etc. And I'm not against that just to clarify, but I think it's ignoring an even more important, bigger part of the conversation, which is like, yeah, ask for that 10K raise, ask for that 20K raise, right? Ask for that 50K raise. But also, if you want the 100K raise or the 150K raise or the much bigger raise that gets into higher numbers, make sure that you're on a track to management and executive leadership because that's where there are significant amounts of wealth to be earned. And that's where us as women are underrepresented, right? And as women, we're underrepresented as a whole. And women who hold another marginalized identity are even more underrepresented. And so I think it's just really important to broaden the conversation and say, yes, of course, ask for raises, negotiate salary, right? Like get that pay bump. But also there's a bigger picture opportunity out there 
better than just that modest incremental bump in salary. And that's what I want to open your eyes to because when I was starting out in my career and when I was lacking confidence and just really struggling, I didn't think, I didn't even know it was possible for me to earn the amounts that I ended up earning later on in my career. And even if I had known, I probably would have counted myself out thinking that something was wrong with me and it was impossible for me to earn that. And that's why I want to record part two, because this is all about the beliefs and thoughts that you might hold that might make it feel to you like it's impossible for you to be on a leadership and management track and elevate into these bigger roles and earn much bigger amounts of money and much bigger compensation packages in your career. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And in order to do this topic justice, I need to get into one of my favorite topics. This is a mindset topic. It's something that is so important to me in my work, and that is the topic of limiting beliefs. So this is a very coachy term. I feel very coachy, right? There are certain things that really make me feel like a coach. And this is one of those things, the topic of limiting beliefs. So what is a limiting belief? First, I'll tell you what they are, and then I'll tell you why they always seem to screw us. (laughs) So a limiting belief is a belief that you hold about what is possible for you. And because it's a limiting belief, it tends to be a very limited view about what is possible for you. So an example of a limiting belief would be, I can't earn more than $100,000 a year in my corporate career. That, by definition, is a limiting belief. And the way that we know that it's just a belief versus the objective truth is this is this is a tip off of how you can test is this thing that i believe actually true or is it a limiting belief is are you making a prediction about a future that hasn't yet unfolded or doesn't yet exist right so if your belief is about something in your future that hasn't yet happened then there's a really good chance it's a limiting belief. Like I'll let you get away with like the limiting belief of like, I will never be able to fly or have superhero powers. Fine, like I can get on board with that. But anything that's grounded in reality and the real day-to-day outcomes that people achieve in their careers and you have a belief that you can't achieve it or it's not possible for you, that is hands down a limiting belief because we cannot predict the future. Now, limiting beliefs, this is why they're so sneaky. Now, onto the part where I explain how they screw us. Limiting beliefs screw us because it's very hard for us to recognize that our limiting beliefs are limiting beliefs. We just think they're true. So when we say, I can't do this, I'll never be good at this, I can't go for that role, that will never happen, We don't say those things and think, okay, here's all my limiting beliefs. We just think, no, 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 like here's all the like the things about my career path and me that just suck and this is just horrible and this is just how it is. And what's so sneaky is that the limiting beliefs strengthen themselves over time because when you believe a thing isn't possible for you, you don't pursue it. 
And when you don't pursue it, you never generate evidence that challenges the limiting belief. So the limiting belief tells you that you st- you suck or you're stuck or you can't have this or that in your career. And so you don't exit your comfort zone. Why would you exit your comfort zone and take a risk and make yourself vulnerable for an outcome that's never going to happen, right? Like you would never do that. So you you maintain the status quo and then the limiting belief goes, ha, I told you things haven't changed. But the reason that things haven't changed aren't because the limiting belief is true. It's because you haven't taken action to generate evidence to dissolve that limiting belief. What's most important to internalize here is that the future and what happens to you isn't determined by some reality outside of you. It's determined by your actions, right? The things that you do. So of course there's systemic inequalities and I don't want this to become a thing of like the environment doesn't play a role because it totally does. The environment of course plays a role in people's experiences and you also play a role in your experience. Both are true at the same time. So for example, This happens so often with my clients if they want a promotion or they want to apply for a job that's a promotion, they think it's not possible for them. And the reason they think it's not possible and they're so convinced is because they've never tried because trying feels way too damn scary, right? And so then they finally do try and they experience the outcome, they get the promotion, they get the role, they get the thing that they thought was impossible, and they have a come to Jesus moment where they're like, oh, like I was thinking a thing very rigidly and stubbornly in my mind, and I can straight up see that it was wrong because we just went out and got it, and then that really opens up their mind because they're like, and what else am I thinking that's incorrect about myself? And this can be, it can be really disorienting to question your own beliefs because our beliefs keep us really stable, I think, and give us a little bit of a sense of security. And that's why I think questioning them and growing and challenging yourself and evolving can feel terrifying. But at the same time, the way that I've lived my life is like, well, it's terrifying not to challenge them because then my whole life is going to go by and I'm never going to know what I was capable of. I'm never going to know what I could have done or achieved. I'm never going to meet the stronger version of myself because I keep deluding myself into thinking that she doesn't exist. A silly example to um, help you with, you know, internalize the idea that a limiting belief will strengthen itself over time. I can't remember who told me this. I think it might have been my partner who told me this, but I'm not 100% sure. But I used to live in Manhattan And Manhattan is kind of famous for like at 3 a.m., like if you want sushi at 3 a.m., something will be open and you can order sushi. Like things are just always open. You can always get really good food at all hours of the night. And I remember someone was saying like, if you don't believe that you can find an ice cream, like a banana split or an ice cream sundae, like a fresh one in Manhattan, like deep into the middle of the night, You will not try to find one. Oh, this was definitely my partner. Now I'm remembering. But if you believe that there's some place open that will deliver you a banana split, you will find it. And yeah, like he got like an ice cream sundae or a banana split. And he was like, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. And it's a really silly example. But it's like if you get home from your night out and you're like, oh, I want pizza. But like no pizza places are open. You're not going to like open your phone and look on Google Maps and see if you can order a pizza. But if you're like, no, there 
there must be a pizza place open, that increases the chances that you are going to discover that a pizza place is in fact open. And sure, sometimes there won't be any pizza places open, but if you don't check, you won't find out. And this brings me to a really important point on limiting beliefs, which is that I'm not here to tell you that your limiting beliefs are wrong, and I'm not here to tell you that like, if you think you can't do X, Y, or Z, you're wrong. What I'm here to tell you is that we don't know. We just don't know what's possible for you. And the only way we find out what's possible is by testing the limits of possibility. And what we usually find, and what I find with every single one of my clients, is that their view on what was possible was way too small compared to their level of talent and their level of actual potential. Now, what does this have to do with building wealth in your corporate career? I think one of the biggest reasons that someone might desire wealth but not actually go out and build it in their corporate career is because they don't believe it's possible for them. It feels too good to be true. They don't think they're good enough. They don't think they're talented enough. They don't think they're perfect enough. And so they keep themselves small and they lie to themselves and delude themselves into thinking that they're happy at the level that they're at and that they don't want more. And this is what I did. I went through a phase in my career where I was like, I like making barely enough money. Like, I don't want more. I'm fine. And I was I was lying to myself. I was straight up lying to myself. I didn't like it. I didn't like saying no to things. I didn't like not being able to have the things that I wanted, right? Like I didn't like not being able to be as generous as I wanted to be in the world. I didn't like those things, but it was too hard for me to face my fears of whether or not it was possible for me. So I pretended like I didn't care and I pretended like it wasn't a big deal, but it was. I wanted financial flexibility. I wanted choices. I wanted freedom. And if you listen to part one, you'll hear a little bit more about my journey there. But I'm recording this to let you know that if you have troubles believing that you could be on a path to executive leadership, there are very few reasons that you could come up with that to me would feel like objective fact. Most of what you share with me would probably land as a limiting belief, something that feels real to you, but actually isn't objectively true. And the most common one that I see with my clients is the limiting belief that they don't have the skills and the capabilities and the capacities to step into a bigger role. And so they can't elevate into the big roles and make the bigger compensation and build the wealth because they're lacking the fundamental ability to support that. Now, there's two two big errors in thinking there. One is assuming that they lack the capability and forgetting about all the things that they are good at, right? Like if we're going to look at where you're not good, we also need to look at where you are good, right? But the second, which I think is equally important, is the idea that just because you don't know how to do something now or you're not good at something now doesn't mean that's going to be your skill level forever, right? So you're underestimating your current capabilities and you're underestimating your potential to stretch and grow and develop new capabilities. So you're doing all of this underestimation and your mind is spitting out this limiting belief that it's not possible for you. But you know the saying like garbage in, garbage out? 
Like your your that belief that you can't have it is often based on an underestimation of your true talents and your true capabilities, right? It's so hard for us to see where we're strong. And one thing that I think is so important for you to understand is that as you elevate into executive roles, you don't have to be good at everything, right? In fact, you just need to be really really good at one or two things, and then all the other things that you're not as good at, your team is going to execute for you. So I actually felt like things got easier as I elevated in my career because there were so many things that I used to have to do in my role that I didn't have to do anymore. So it's so important to check your assumptions, right, about what is required. Now, one thing that I want to share, in addition to this idea of limiting beliefs, is that sometimes people don't even get to the point of having a limiting belief and being like, that's not possible for me, because they can't even own and acknowledge the desire to begin with, right? So that's the situation that I was in that I mentioned, where I was like, I'm fine with how much I earn. I'm fine with my life. I don't want anything more in my career. This is fine. I couldn't even admit that I wanted more for two reasons. One, I thought wanting more made me wrong and wanting to make more money made me a bad person. And two, I was so scared that it it wasn't possible that I didn't want to admit to myself that I did want it because then I would be in the dissonance of wanting something and not having it. And that was too uncomfortable. So I pretended like I was satisfied with the status quo. And I think as women, this is a place where it's really good to slow down and ask ourselves, if I didn't associate my ethics and morality as a human with how much money I wanted to earn, would I want to earn more than I am earning right now? And if I believed that I had the capability to earn more, would I want to earn more money than I'm earning now? For me, both of those answers were a clear yes. And as soon as I was able to own that and acknowledge that, not only was I able to set my sights on the roles that I wanted, the types of companies that I wanted to work for, and the types of compensation that I was aiming for, but I also felt happier, more motivated, and more satisfied in my career because finally I was showing up for something that made me excited, something that I wanted, right? I was no longer showing up for a career where I was always just going to be kind of like getting by every month, but I was showing up for a career that was generating such financial flexibility and freedom and abundance, and it felt really good. And that made me feel much more excited to show up for it and to grow and to evolve and to put my best into it. And so I think what's so important here is for you to slow down and ask yourself what you truly want. And I know this can feel terrifying and vulnerable and it can be it can honestly be a really hard answer to get to on your own i see this a lot in my one-on-one work where someone will come to me and it takes us time in our coaching together to even surface what they want 
shift, right? Because when our confidence is shaky and when we have a lot of self-doubt and self-judgment and self-criticism, we don't feel safe to dream. We've never done that. We've never allowed ourselves to believe in something more. And so even the simple act of getting clear on our desires before we even go after them, before we even pursue them, can feel incredibly vulnerable and incredibly intimidating. And so if you struggle with this and if this if this whole topic of like building wealth and how much you want to earn, if it just feels like sticky and a little bit triggering and a little bit like confronting, just know that nothing is wrong with you. It just means you're working through the human experience of starting to come face to face with some of your desires and some of your beliefs about yourself and While it can feel vulnerable and icky, when you're willing to work through it and show up and be as truthful with yourself as possible, what happens on the other end of that is you tend to feel more authentic and free, right? I felt much more authentic and free being like, I want to earn good money. I want to go for only positions that pay really, really well and put me on an accelerated executive path. I felt more like I was being real and true to me than when I was like, I don't care. It's fine. I'm happy. I don't want more. That wasn't actually true to who I am and what I wanted. And so even though it was kind of uncomfortable to own my desire and then to really put myself in, you know, situations where I was showing up at my best, right? Like if I was going to aim for that growth in those higher positions, I had to ask more of myself. So it definitely took a lot of effort to make that transition. But on the other end, like, damn, it felt so much better because not only was I earning what I wanted to earn, not only was I on the path that I wanted to be on, but I was just being true to me and not lying to myself about what I wanted and not making my desires smaller just to keep myself comfortable and avoid anything confronting or scary. And so I know that when it comes to our desires, whether it's growth, whether it's confidence, whether it's wealth, like whatever the desire is, I know that admitting it and acknowledging it on its own can be very, very difficult. And I think like I think sometimes, I mean, I'm sharing this about myself. I think I take even for granted that like it's, it's easy to figure out what you want and to own that within yourself. But I think that when you're fortifying your self-confidence and really learning to believe in yourself, it can be even really hard to declare. I want to feel super confident and badass in my role every day. I want to be getting promoted every 12 to 24 months. I want to be making X number salary, right? This is how I want to feel in my job. These are the types of roles that I want to take. It can feel really hard to declare that and own that, especially if there's a gap between where you are and where you want to end up. But my push to you is to not be afraid of that gap and not be afraid to take steps to begin closing that gap because that's where you're going to experience so much growth and richness. So I didn't build a ton of confidence by staying at my same level and not reaching for more. I built confidence by reaching for the thing that felt scary and confronting, right? And so if we want to grow as people and become more resilient and become versions of ourselves who can handle more, then we need to be willing to step into the unknown and we need to be willing to bravely declare what we want and take steps to go after it. And I feel like that is something that I personally have done so well in my career is to not be afraid to say the place where I'm at 
is not working. I want something more. I know that this isn't going to satisfy me. I've made two major career pivots because I was willing to be honest with myself. First, I made a career pivot when I was in law school and it was much safer It's much safer to go to law school and then become a lawyer (laughs) than to go to law school and be like, oh, that looks horrible. I don't want to do that. Again, no offense, lawyers. I'm so scared that there are lawyers in my audience who you think I'm shit talking and who hate me. I, I don't hate you. I just I was such a mismatch for the field of law. But it was terrifying for me to make a complete 180 from the field of law and into something I loved. And then it was terrifying for me to leave my corporate career and own my desire to take my podcast full time when I was feeling like I had achieved success in my corporate career and there were more exciting, newer, novel things that I wanted to do and try. And I didn't feel like ready or good or like 100% there when I declared those desires and pursued them. But my desire to live a happy, enriched, fulfilled life was stronger than my fears about the unknown. And I think that's what makes me a really good coach is I have that fire in me and I'm able to draw it out in my clients. So I want this episode to be your permission slip to declare what you want, even if you hold some limiting beliefs around it, even if it brings up some weird feelings, even if it doesn't feel possible for you, even if you question yourself for wanting it, even if you think you're wrong for wanting it, even if you think you can't have it, like let all of those things be true and just be like, fuck those things. What do I want? And then ask yourself, if I believed that I can make this happen, if I believed I had everything in me to iterate and take steps forward and close this gap for as long as I need to until I figure out the solution and until I figure out how to make it happen, what would I do next and take that one step? Now, to help you answer the question of what would I do next, part three is going to point you in the right direction. So in part three of this series, I'm going to walk you through things to look out for and things that you should make sure to do and not do in your career to ensure that you are on a path to an executive role and on a path to building long-term wealth. So I'm going to walk you through things to look out for in your company to assess if the company you're in is one that's going to support an accelerated growth trajectory and things that you can begin doing and putting in place to get yourself on the path to leadership. And spoiler, One of those things is going to be growing your confidence and increasing your visibility, right? Being someone who speaks up in the room, who gets noticed in meetings, and who develops a very powerful reputation through their presence and through their contribution in meeting rooms, which is a huge thing that I help you with on the podcast. But if you want to get more serious about becoming a voice and a presence in meetings, that gets you noticed and gets you on an accelerated path to leadership, head over to my website to join the waitlist for the Art of Speaking Up Academy, which you can find by going to justguysatcoaching.com slash academy. And tune into part three because we're going to dive much deeper into this and I will catch you there. Have a beautiful day. Bye.